If you want to take your Bibles, turn to 1 Corinthians 7.25. 1 Corinthians 7.25. I want to pay particular attention to the first two verses we read, and not that they're more important than the rest, but they do give us a background for the rest. Now concerning virgins, I have no commandment of the Lord, yet I give my judgment as one that hath obtained mercy of the Lord to be faithful. I suppose, therefore, that this is good for the present distress. I say that it is good for man to, <clears throat> so to be. Art thou bound unto a wife? Seek not to be loosed. Art thou loosed from a wife? Seek not a wife. But if thou marry, thou hast not sinned. And if a virgin marry, she has not sinned. Nevertheless, such shall have trouble in the flesh. But I spare you this. But this I say, brethren, the time is short. It remaineth that both they that have wives as be as though they had had none, and they that weep as though they weep not, and they that rejoice as though they rejoice not, and they that buy as though they possess not, and they that use the word world as not abusing it for the fashion of this, this world passes away. But I would have you without carefulness. He that's unmarried care for the things uh, they, that are below and belong, that belong to the Lord. Now he may, and that how he may please the Lord. But he that is married cares not for these things that are of the world, how he may bless his wife. There is a difference also between a wife and a virgin. The unmarried woman cares for the things of the Lord and that she may say, be holy both in body and in spirit. But he, she that is married cares for the things of the world, how she may please her husband. And this I speak for your own profit, not that I may cast a snare upon you, but, that, but for that which is comely, and that ye remain attended, attend unto the Lord without distraction. But if any man think that it be that he behaved himself uncommonly toward his virgin, he if she's past the flower of age and need to so in require, let him do what he will, he sinneth not, let them marry. Nevertheless, he that stands steadfast in heart, having no necessity, but hath power over his own will, he hath so decreed in his heart, and he will keep his virgin doth well. And so then he that giveth her in marriage doeth well, and he that giveth her not in marriage doeth better. The wife is bound by the law as long as her husband liveth, but if her husband is be dead, she is at liberty to be married to whom she will only in the Lord. But she is happier if she so abide after my judgment, I think, also that I have the Spirit of God. Let's pray together, please. Our most gracious Heavenly Father, we do come before Thy throne of grace. We do thank Thee for all Thy blessings You give us in Christ Jesus, and that we might search Thy Word and compare Scripture with Scripture, that we might know the truth of Thy Word, and let us uh, be careful in the things that we say and do, that we might bring Thee honor and glory. Pray Your mercies be on those without Christ, and the saints, that You be pleased to edify, strengthen in the faith, and that we but have a good witness among those without. We thank thee and praise thee in Jesus' name for his sake. Amen. 
to marry or not to marry, that's the question. If we look in this passage, uh, we come to the last sermon on celibacy, uh, marriage, and divorce, and uh, which Paul, by the Spirit, answered the question that I asked him, as we mentioned last time we preached on chapter 7, the first part, and uh, these are real problems and troubles that they were having at the time and questions, and especially as we see in the Corinthian church, <clears throat> it may seem that Paul chases a rabbit here, but he's not. He's continuing on with what he started with in the first part of chapter 7 and finishes up here, and uh, he's trying to answer, if you will, again, the questions that they asked. Paul again mentioned the presence distress and the superiority of and to be celibate lifestyle in those times. The Spirit warns us about being overcharged in this present world and, and, and over be overcome with the world, and we dealt with that in the first part, but it's better to marry than to burn is what the kind of the theme of the first part was. And uh, so whether... In marriage, sorrow, joy, passion, or pleasure, and yes, customs change, and we'll deal with just a little of that. Well, uh, <clears throat> how many uh, fathers here that had daughters that they chose their spouse for them, and vice versa? And so this is a custom is mentioned here several times uh, in chapter seven that doesn't exist today, <clears throat> and we'll look at that just a little bit. Uh, we don't choose our spouses. Sometimes we wish we could, and uh, sometimes we might give counsel, but in the end, uh, we're just not under that tradition. That just doesn't work. We may not think uh, that the, this applies to us in peaceful times because this is talking about in that present distress However, we find that the times of fiery arrows can be at any time. Uh, we think about Babylon. Uh, just overnight, they was in destruction. And, and when we think about uh, their distress, it didn't come on them sudden or gradually. Most of it come on suddenly, and especially when the Jews were threatened. And then later on, when the Romans were threatened, they thought about the church, then <clears throat> they went through grave uh, tri <clears throat> tribulation, or, or if you will, <clears throat> under great penalty of the law at that time. And uh, let me say, if you don't have a spouse uh, that they can hold a gun to, uh, then you have more freedom in a time of distress. Or you don't have children where they could take your children and use against them. And if you ever... Uh, read anything about the dark ages uh, when Christians were fleeing from the Catholics, you know that's exactly what they did. They take the children and they take the uh, wives or the husband and if the others didn't, if they didn't uh, repent, if you will, is what they would call it, and take of the wafer, uh, then they kill them all and they kill you last. But if you take of the wafer, then you all live. And so this is the difference between distress and the time like we live in. We, we can come here and worship we want to. We uh, not want to. We can say what we want to, do what we want to. And we and talking sometimes about the different kinds of religion, Christian religions, and 
how some are jumping pews and others are not. And uh, so we have that privilege. Uh, we don't have to worry about the distresses, but a single person in a time of grave uh, times like the Dark Ages and the days in Paul and them uh, is able to be conduct themselves, I guess you say, without fear uh, in uh, serving Christ. And we know that many during the Dark Ages, if you've ever studied that, did take of the wafer. They did, if you will, capitulate and turn from their from Christ. And after the Dark Ages, they tried to join the back in the churches, and some churches would take them and some would not. And uh, so this is what Paul is talking about. He's not talking about uh, like we're living here. He's talking about in a time when they could come through the doors at any time and haul us all off. And so, and we think that, that can never happen in America. It can happen anywhere, anytime. We know the Muslims. We look at the Muslims today, and they uh, and they persecute Christians. And we think that's terrible. They're not as near as terrible as the Romans were. And and the Romans, the Catholics, when they were persecuting church, they come nowhere near of what was done to our forefathers in the faith. So when we read this, he says, for the present distress. And that's what he's talking about. And so some of this, sometimes we look at it, and it seems like Paul contradicts himself later on that we'll look at. But what he's talking about, it's easier for a single person in the time of distress and persecution than it is for a married person with children or just married person. And the marriage care more for the things of the world, as we see in our passage. And Paul acknowledged that he had no direct teaching from the Lord, uh, nor from scriptures, what he was teaching here. But he says, for the present distress. And again, <clears throat> he says, well, he had the authority of the scriptures. And he believed at the end, as we read there, he says, I think also that I have the Spirit of God. And it's in the Word of God. And so, before we would say, well, we'll mark this out, uh, we need to put it in context. And again, if we was being persecuted by some nation, some group, or whatever, uh, this just says it's easier uh, if you're not married. And uh, continue the former idea that directs the attention of the virgin, those married and unmarried, to stay in whatever condition that they find themselves in, that is in the time of the persecution for the virgins and the loose uh, because of their present distress if they stayed single. And his opinion was that it would be better than being married. However, fearsome uh, the thought of martyrdom might be a single, uh, a single person, as we mentioned. This is from, um, uh, from Bible... <coughs> knowledge commentary was doubtly to be a marriage person responsibility for a spouse and children. The word loose here means to break up, destroy, dissolve, melt, do away with, break the covenant. And these are the qualifiers present and understood in this time uh, that was there when it says if you're loose, that means there's either divorce or their spouse is dead. And are they never married? And so they uh, this was the loose, and those that were bound or had a, had a, uh, a wife or a husband, 
then they were, uh, <clears throat> if you will, stay what in condition they were in. In other words, don't leave your wife or don't leave your husband because of the present distress if you're already married, but uh, <clears throat> maintain that even as in uh, those trying times as it is, if you will, as if it was not trying times. <clears throat> and they, there's, uh, however, it's dealing with the loose that are those mentioned, as we mentioned in the scriptures, and uh, if they, thou marry, who is thou, the virgins, and the loosed. I mean, whoever the loosed is, and they could be all that I mentioned. They're permitted to marry, <clears throat> thou hast not sinned. And it is better to marry than to burn. And uh, so to keep oneself from fornication, it's better to have a spouse. Second reason, saints who are married tend to care for more of the things of the world than those that are single. <clears throat> and uh, this is only true if a single's not burning in their flesh. And we have an example there, First Timothy. We're going to read parts of it. First Timothy 5, 9, starting there. <clears throat> Let not a widow be taken into the number under threescore years old, having been the wife of one man, well reported of for good works. Verse 11, But the younger widows refuse, for when they have begun to wax wanton against Christ, they will marry, having damnation because they have cast off their first faith, and, were, and withal they learn to be idle, wondering about from house to house, and not only idle, but tattlers, also busybodies, and and he goes on to speak of them, and it got, uh, I will have therefore, in verse 14, that the younger women marry, bear children, guide the house, give none occasion to the adversary to speak reproachfully. Now in this passage, in Timothy's, uh, his letter to Timothy, he's saying if it's better for them to marry. He didn't mention don't marry at all, and this is who they would take into the church, if you will, is to, be, uh, to watch over them and take care of the widows. They had to be 60 years and older for them to take them in and have a good report and that they had been faithful in the church. But younger women said, don't bring them in. Don't do that. That's better for them to marry. And what it meant to be put them on the charity roll in the church is what it's speaking about, and better for them to marry than it was for them if you will, become wanton, bring disgrace, disgrace against Christ. This is speaking of those that were supported by the church in Second Thessalonians 3, 10 and 12. For even when we were with you, that this we command you, that if any would not work, neither should he eat. For he hear that there are some which walk among you disorderly, walking not at all, but are busy bodies, now them that are such we command and exhort by our Lord Jesus Christ and that with quietness they work and eat their own bread. And so this is talking about those that's supported by the church is who it's speaking of. And <clears throat> however, if a person can be single and serve the Lord, well then that is what Paul says is better in that time. 1 Corinthians 7.28, but if thou... Marry, thou hast not sinned, and if a virgin marry, she hath not sinned. Nevertheless, such have, well, shall have trouble in the flesh, 
I will spare you. Verse 40, Paul mentions earlier, and what he says was based upon his present distress. Now, this word world is passing away, verses 29 through 31, and for the fashion, this world passes away. The word fashion means the habitus or a habitation or uh, <clears throat> the form of it. It's dissolving. It's doing away. It's passing away. It's uh, not getting younger. And, and especially uh, in the time and condition that they were living in. Paul, God had ordained marriage, but it's not eternal. Uh, Mark twelve twenty five. for when they shall rise from the dead, they neither marry or nor are given in marriage, but are as the angels which are in heaven. Now, I know a lot of people say, well, they're going to be with their honey when they get in heaven and all these things. It's like they're taking up housekeeping again and all this in glory, but that's not the way it is. <clears throat> marriage is for the earth. It is to, for a purpose of filling the earth with people. This is the way that, we're all we, that all of us came from. Now, angels... We're just created angels all at one time, and that was it. They're, they don't marry nor give in marriage. They don't have little angels. Um, they don't have little children, if you will. Some suppose they're in Genesis 6 chapter, uh, and they neither marry nor give in marriage, and that's exactly the way we'll be in glory. And so if you think about taking up housekeeping again in glory, then you might as well forget it. That's not the way it's going to be in this world. The fashion of these things is passing away, and the fashion of the heavenly is set before us. And, and the angels are one example of that. And the only marriage that we see mentioned in heaven is Christ and his church. And that's it. You don't see any other uh, marriages. The time that remains is short. First Peter one twenty four for all flesh is as the grass, and all glory of men is the flower of the grass. The grass wither, and the flower thereof falleth away. And so this this time we have here, I remember when I was younger, and I would hear some older people talking, and they they say, well, you know, a day is like a year, and a year is like a day. You know, what are they talking about? <clears throat> but as you get older, the years start clicking away. And if you're in a time of uh, sickness or something else, those days pass pretty slow. If you're busy, it's, it, it passes fast too. But the point I'm making is, as we get older, the years, if you will, seem shorter. And so our time is passing quickly. And when we're young, we don't realize that we only got a limited time here and we're to use it to the glory of God. This does not negate our responsibility in marriage. Uh, for married is for this life. And the only reason I mention that, that I, I guess I heard too many songs and too many people preaching and get up there and, you know, hug mom and dad and the wife and the kids. And, you know, it's like the next thing you know, setting up housekeeping. You're not going to have any children in heaven. <clears throat> we are to sojourn here and... Uh, and we are not to forget there in First John, First <clears throat> John two fifteen and seventeen, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Verse seventeen: the world passes away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Amen. And so we're looking for that time when 
all these things, the fashion of this thing, the, the world that is here has been dissolved and will be with the Lord Jesus Christ forevermore. And we are not to set our hearts upon uh, our marriages, troubles, joys, possessions, but upon the Lord. And, uh, and yes, if you have a family, you've got to think about if you've got enough money in the bank. And you've got to think about rent. You've got to think about these things. Not necessarily the single people don't have to think about the same thing, but it becomes more serious when you've got a family. And this is what he's talking about. Those without this, this, uh, without this bondage or covenant uh, are freer than those that are not. But then if you're lusting in your flesh, then you're sinning against God all the time. And that is the penalty, if you will, for some. <clears throat> if, man, if any man come to me and hate not his father, let's just turn there real quick, Luke. Sometime I let the time rule me too much. I try to fight it, but... 1426... If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother his, and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. And so uh, we have a pretty clear here and and yet other passages shows that the spouse of the wife has loved the husband and then we have several passages speak about husband love his wife and and you say well here he says hate him well it's in comparison with the Lord he is to be first number one and how many people are if you will skip out on the church where they believe God would have them to be because their wife wants to go to a different church or the husband wants to go to a different church or they have a a split, you know, we had a family that half were church, I mean half. And, and I think the, the one of them was a church of Christ and the other one was a Baptist. So they come half and half. Come half time to the Baptist, half time church of Christ. And the children, that was the same with them. And so they'd be taught one thing in one Sunday school and be taught another thing in the different church. And so it brought confusion to them, and, and you usually end up somebody either is faithless, uh, I mean, not even very religious often, uh, unless God saves them, delivers them from that. But uh, So uh, we're to be careful how we uh, do our families. We're to put Christ first, and putting him first, in, even in marriage, that we marry those that, if we're saved, that we marry a saved person, that... We marry persons that's in the same faith and that we don't bring confusion. I have not, uh, when a lost person, a saved person marries, to me, it's just disastrous. And you can cancel and you can cancel and you can cancel, but usually when, they, when they're in love, they're not going to pay any attention. But the sorrow after makes them wish that they had. Don't let our money and passions become our gods. And don't be governed by pleasures. In Second Timothy three four, tra- traitors, high-minded, I mean heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. I used to preach the sermon around uh, Super Bowl time, 
on this particular verse, and and uh, that I guess I preached that sermon more than any sermon I ever preached, and and it didn't deter. I didn't. I noticed it didn't make a difference. But <clears throat> we're not to be lovers of pleasure more than lovers of of God. It doesn't mean that we don't we can't uh, go to a football game or something else. It's just that we put Christ first. And a lot of places, if you go to a game, you're going to have to go on Sunday. I mean, that's the only way you can go. And uh, and so uh, the point I'm making is if you put Christ first, then, uh, then there's some things that you cannot allow to be in your life. And one of those things is the different pleasures of the world. And it says love or pleasure. There can be anything that deters us from the cause of Christ. And... <clears throat> Uh, this is copied, more leisure, more vacation time, early retirement, more comfortable homes, and such things can so occupy our interest and time that we think <coughs> the, uh, that the things of the Spirit are neglected. We get too tied up in things of the world. <coughs> Interestingly, none of these five things are inherently wrong, marriage, sorrow, rejoicing, <coughs> possessions, and pleasure all have a proper place in the Christian's life. Uh, everybody here owns something. I mean, even, uh, and, and, I mean, you could say that in almost any place there is. Some people, all they have is, a co- you know, the coat on their back. But we have possessions, and we have things that we need to take care of and all of that, but they're just not getting in the way of our serving Christ. <clears throat> this is copying uh, McLaughlin, McLa- author, excuse me, the human relationship, emotion, possessions, pleasures become sinful when they dominate a thought, behavior, especially when they distract us from the Lord's work. <clears throat> I have seen it where people would take a radio and uh, between services to see what was going on in a ball game. And <clears throat> marriage is to be honorable in Hebrews 13:4. Marriage is honorable in all and the, and the bed undefiled, but whoremongers and idolaters God will judge. The unmarried in today's church, the single who are waiting to be married, then there are those that widows and widowers in a church, and those that remain single without lusting in their flesh or burning in the flesh or to serve God. And, but we sometimes see this, but very seldom, in many churches, widows and uh, widows and widowers serve the church in various ways. And, and uh, uh, however, a few churches have a place uh, for dedicated single persons in the church ministry. And usually, those that has a single class is so they can meet a girl or a boy. And we let we rather meet them a Christian than not a Christian. But it's not for dedicated single service, if you will. Then. And we only ones that we really see this in our day and time are those, if you will, monks, nuns, mandated celibate preachers and pastors. And so uh, these are supposed to be dedicated, single uh, men and women. And, and of course, you, everybody's heard everything that you can imagine about these different convents and things. But the point I'm making is, is the only examples we have as far as I know in the world, is wicked. And it's not according to God's word. In Timothy 3.2, a bishop 
then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, vigilant, sober, of good behavior, given to hospitality, apt to teach. Now, <clears throat> sometime when people ordain a single person, they say, don't mean that. If it didn't mean it, it wouldn't be there. And I've mentioned several times there's some things that a single cannot do in the church. Some ministries that a single person, if he doesn't have a wife to take with him, and then he can't do. There's a, he's limited, then he's limited in understanding. And, of course, First uh, Timothy 3rd chapter goes on down. If he doesn't know how to take care of his household, how could he take care of the church? And so and we see it's talking about a family man and that he, uh, if you will, he's to lead the church and the evidence that he can do it is if he's got his children in order. Uh, if you have somebody come for a view of a call and the children are climbing over the pews, they think, ah, maybe he's not the best person we want. And so they, we see then there is a, a stipulation, there is a condition. Somebody said, well, what about Paul? He was an apostle. He wasn't a bishop. He wasn't a pastor of a church. He was a special messenger of Jesus Christ to go out and start churches. And what did they do when they got through doing that? Then they went back and set elders in the church. And part of those elders would be preachers or pastors of that church, the bishop, as it mentions here. And so they were people who knew how to take care of their homes, them demonstrating that they could do the work in the church. There are trust issues with singles, singles ministries and church and outside the church. And there's two times that I followed up a bus ministry in my ministry, and one of them, <coughs> Illinois, they, <coughs> they got into drugs and they got into uh, fornication, and, and of course they closed down the bus ministry before I got there. And I don't know how many wanted me to start it back up again. And, of course, I never was in bus ministers anyway. But the point I'm making is is that <clears throat> that's often what single groups come down to. <clears throat> and the other church was similar, but um, <clears throat> well, we're not getting into that. But the, there's limits, if you will, or just abstain from all appearance of evil. Not only are we abstained from evil, but all appearance of evil and and people must conduct themselves, and sometimes it's harder for single people to do that properly. And then there are the gossipers, the slanders, suspicions, and are in and outside the church, bring the, the dishonor, brings disgrace to the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you will, that speaks evil of the Lord. There are some things that a married couple can do that a single couple cannot do, or a single unmarried person cannot do. And it must avoid it because of the appearance of evil. Somebody said, well, preacher, there's nothing wrong with this, that, and the other. But if it has the appearance of evil, it's wrong. And it doesn't have to be evil in itself. If it's going to cause gossip, it's going to cause problems, and say, well, the preacher's been going over to so-and-so's house a lot here lately, you know, or something like that. Or uh, the minister, youth minister, is usually the one church, bigger churches that you hear about, youth ministers doing this, that, and the other, and seen out with certain persons and things like that, unescorted and so on and so forth. And the imagination, 
in and outside the church <coughs> shows that it has the appearance of evil. And some might say it is their problem, but it's not. It's be the church's problem. It is the problem of we that serve Christ. We don't need any bad gossip or bad PR, as people would say, against the church or Christians in general. We should desire that Christ be glorified and magnified and still say, well, we should let them do this and let them do that. The question is, does it dishonor Christ or does it honor Christ? And so they, uh, sometimes this is the hard teaching to receive and acted upon. We must never forget our freedom in the Lord and we're free and we don't have to worry about the touch not, taste not, handle not. We don't have to worry about any of those things casting our souls into hell so therefore we have to be on a, on a better path that is be led of the Spirit. To love the Lord is that you love Him and you love Him so much that you don't want to dishonor or disgrace him. And just like a husband and wife that love one another, they wouldn't want to do anything to dishonor their spouse and, or get, you know, get the mouths a wagon you know, about something's going on. And so we are careful. We are naturally careful because we know how people are because we're the same way. We see somebody, eh, I don't know, I think he's flirting. I've had somebody tell me close to me, said, I believe they were flirting. And I, I thought, well, I don't know if I noticed that or not. And then I'd watch them later on to see if they were or not. The point I'm making is the, <clears throat> although these are not a list of do's and don'ts in one sense, on the other, it is common sense. If you put Christ first, then you have no appearance of evil. You prevent that, and again, the appearance of evil is harder. And the reason it's harder is that you know in your heart what you're doing is not wrong. You know it's not wrong. There is no indication in your heart or mind that's even a little bit wrong. But if it brings reproach against Jesus Christ, then it's wrong. 